0: Welcome to the Revolution Church Podcast. Traffic was really bad getting to church this morning, even though I live here um, For all the listeners I'm holding up a McDonald's coffee um, Ice coffee <laughs> not, I don't want to sound more manly for the Podcast listener. well welcome. Hey guys, I was sick last week And um, honestly, I've been sick this week. I thought I was gonna get better. And uh, strangely enough, I uh, ended up getting worse and worse and worse and worse. And it's not COVID, so that's good. Um, And my kids uh, are out of the country with their mom on a big trip to see their grandparents, uh, which I'm really excited for them. Gonna miss them a lot. Um, But I wanted to be with them a couple days before they left. And, uh, and so I had them and I was sick and, oh, it's been a lot. I'm still kind of sick. I'm supposed to uh, go out of town tomorrow for work. Hopefully that'll, be okay. hopefully I'll feel better. I, I dropped the kids off yesterday, at the airport with their mom and um, rested most of the day and I'm gonna to try to rest mostly today so hopefully I'll be fine for Los Angeles, California, uh, to go work on uh, the dock. Um, got a lot of cool people we're interviewing this week. I'm really excited about this documentary folks. Let's, I think that's going to be really, really good. Um, but yeah, so... Uh, um, let's see. Well, great thing was, is great part about being sick was being in bed, and often that's where I think about my talks. And I think about my talks. And what cool was this morning was when I was in line, um, just a few minutes ago I was in line at McDonald's because I was like... I just need to get some coffee, some caffeine in me to kind of get moving. Um, was a couple things. But one of the things was, is, you know, how we talk about grace as anarchy. And, like, it's funny, like, if you would think of, like, grace as a superhero. The anarchy symbol on his chest. Or her chest, whatever. Um, and, uh, like, who well, would be the arch enemy of grace? And I think legalism would be that. And then I started thinking, like, well, you know, in some ways legalism is anarchy as well, as much as I would like to not admit it. Even though legalism, you would think, well, that shouldn't be because it creates law. Um, but it, in, in some ways, though, it's amazing how <laughs> the people who decide to use laws and rules and really like the i guess asterisk would be the right word you know putting an asterisk next to grace instead of an anarchy symbol in the middle Um, but how many people are willing to make uh, bring legalism into their own system even in systems of grace you know and how they the us and them thing really gets it's so funny so I found this I got this you know the you get the Facebook memories, and I got this Facebook memory from like a few years back, and it was me quoting um the the prayer of the Pharisee and the Pharisee, and we're gonna read that one today, I think we are gonna read that one today, but the Pharisee thanking you know God all the things that he's not, you know, and at the end, I put in televangelist, you know. I think there must have been at the time a lot of people were attacking my dad. So I said, and thank God I'm not like that televangelist. And so I put up some more like, uh, I, I ended, you know, and I thank God I'm not like that LGBTQ person. Or thank God I'm not like that podcaster. Or thank God I'm not like that straight, white, cis male. Or thank God I'm um, not like that liberal or thank God I'm not like that conservative and you know and it's funny because like I thought a lot of people get mad and really not a lot of people commented on it Um, some people hearted it I think the one that got the least hearts was the straight white cis male Um, but I just thought it was interesting you know because you you kind of put in everybody's enemies in there like because we all have a person that we're grateful that we're not like you know and, um, or that we're grateful that we're not, and somehow maybe even feel some sort of self-righteousness about it. And ironically, they probably feel the same way about us and how they're not like us. So, you know, there goes the, the separation, the division, the divided uh, community of humanity, and that's not what we're called to do Um, someone also, I I follow this ELCA Facebook page and someone posted this tweet that someone had put up and that said, you know, there are no non-Christians who believe that Christianity, Christians are known by their love. And I agreed with that. But what made me really, hit me really tough and really, really hit me with that was the realization is, is that's what Jesus said that, you know, I want you to love each other at the Last Supper, because I really, I want you guys to love each other, and um, because you'll be known by your—they will know you belong to me for your love for one another. And so, the very fact that Christianity is not a faith or a religion that is known by people for those people who love one another, and that we love one another, and that we—a religion of love or the love for one another means we have failed. That Christianity has failed. Um, you know, it's like, oh yeah, well you love the poor and you love the homeless, but what do? You, what happens when they get money and they get back on their feet? Do you still love them? You know what I mean? It's like, are you doing things out of obligation? or Do you love people or do you love people in a situation? And that's, it's, 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 you know, a lot of questions there, um, you know. It's like with conservatives, like, okay, well, you're pro-life, but do you, what do you care about the kids after they're born? You know, like most of the places that have some of the harshest abortion laws also have laws that they don't have any laws in place that help take care of chi- for childcare and things like that, and healthcare and issues like that that you know parents desperately need when they have young children. So it makes no sense, you know, that we live in a world where you know, people say they're pro-life, but they don't care about the person's life. Um, they just care that they're born. Um, so, yeah, you, but we all have contradictions, you know. Um, but, but, but the point is, is, is like, you know, we, you know, we failed. Christianity has failed. And that's what I'm here to say. Christianity for what Jesus said we should be known for, that they will know you for your love for one another. We have not fulfilled that. Um, and, and, and what is it, First John, it says, you know, God is love. And, and so Jesus says they'll know you for your, by your love for one another. And we are not known for that. We are known by what we stand against, what uh, politicians we support mostly. Um, if you're a conservative Christian or you a left Christian, it honestly seems like you have idols and that your gods are politicians. I think people have taken people's work, like Dr. King's work, and taken it to such an extent where they have almost left Jesus out of the the whole thing. You know, like, I think King had a good balance because I think King knew, like, I have to work with conservatives, I have to work with liberals, I gotta work with both people to change these laws and make these things happen. Uh, But now a lot of social justice people are like, well, I only work with liberals because these conservatives are evil, blah, blah, blah. blah. And so we start making these, these, these judgment calls on all these different types of people. And then I think it also boils down to the point where I think we don't, there's no God in it anymore that we, we, we have decided that, well, we just trust in the politicians. We just trust in these people, and these people are the answer. God's not the answer. Loving your enemy's not the answer. Loving others isn't really the answer. Putting your faith in politicians is the answer. And so what I see when I look at Christianity, often mostly when I see what I see online, to be honest with you, as I see mostly people whose faiths are in uh, politicians. And I think politicians are great people to help and talk to and help change things. But by putting faith in politics and politicians, uh, we miss the boat there. We miss the bigger picture. Um, you know, we, uh, we are called to be even beyond that. You know, even if, if there's unjust laws, we are called to rebel against those unjust laws, of course. You know, um, we're called the love people where they're at, you know, and that's what was happening within biblical, when the Bible was being written and when these stories were being told, you know, they were living in, in occupied territory, you know, and we forget about that. And so they didn't really have the choice to find saviors in, in, in their politicians. So I think in some ways we, we've taken this whole thing of putting our faith in politics, it's like, you know, it's like, do you really want your your God to be Donald Trump or you know our president now? you know it's like uh, Joe Biden. I mean, do you want Biden and Trump to be your idols? I mean the, neither one of those guys seem like anybody. I would not want my kids to grow up to be like either one of those people. And it's funny on my Facebook, I see all these people who are like, oh, you've got to pray for Donald Trump. He's going through the worst thing he's ever been through. and I'm like, like, do you guys not see who these human beings are? Like the fruits of their work, the fruits of the spirit, like the fruits of what their work produces, of like, you know, not only did Donald have kids in Trump kids in cages, but Joe Biden helped build those cages. Got got the kids in there, and they're still there, but we don't care about it as much anymore because he changed because they changed the name of cages to other things. You know, it's like we just willfully become ignorant because our our idol is is the one who's in front, you know, and so we ignore the bad things when our idols in, in front because we go, well, at least our idol is there. You know, I mean, it, it's this basic and this bad how quickly we get away from this stuff. And then so you know, well, we're not we don't want to demonize our idol, so we won't point out the bad things that our idol does. And that's called hypocrisy. And we live in a very hypocr- hypocritical world. <coughs> <coughs> Um, we live in a very hypocritical world and we're all hypocrites and it's time to realize that you know so wake up Democrats you're hypocrites wake up Republicans you're hypocrites you're all a bunch of goddamn hypocrites and it's time to wake up and follow Christ and not follow these parties these parties can be part of your life but it's not the end-all and you know what, what party you vote for doesn't base on what you believe about, if you believe in Jesus or not, boom, there you go. So neither one of you can sit around and go like, you're not a real Christian if you support this person, you're not a real Christian, I you can both do it. And I'm like, I was really surprised that the liberals did it after the conservatives did it, cause I was like, did it didn't work when the conservatives said it, and now you guys are saying it? It's like, we just play these dumb situations over and over again. And it's like, well, you can't have God if you don't fight for the real politician. So basically, we're saying like, if you'd like to accept Jesus into your heart, you must first pick the correct politician. So which politician will you pick? Will you pick the right or the left politician? And then we will find out if you are able to be a real Christian or not, and and, and what tribe you can spend in, and and what tribes God you will follow. You know, it's bullshit. It's all capitalism. Neither, you know, we're not getting health care. We're not being taken care of. You know, it's rich and poor. And the the richer are getting smaller groups and the poor are getting bigger groups. And that's how it's separated, folks. I mean, just, you know, step into reality for a second and embrace that and realize, okay, well, then why is there a reason that we have Christianity? Because Christianity is beyond politics. Politics are important, but we don't realize that politics play us off against each other. You know, they'll find a small group of people and say, well, we'll give a little bit here. And so then, you know, you have a little bit, you have a small group of people going, well, Jay, you can't talk about Democrats because look what they've done for my community. I'm going like, yeah, but I live in a bigger community of poor people and where we're all poor and they don't care about us, but they, they, they'll, they'll, they'll give you little crumbs from the table in order for you to, to, to be loyal to them. And we have to wake up to that and go like, even if they're giving me crumbs from the table, who, are, who, who, who is going hungry? Who is starving? I mean, these are situations and ideas of things that we've really got to look at. And um, it's really sad to me to see how many people just you know, post all this crap about these politicians and act like they're the saviors of the world. No, there are people who could maybe help us get policies passed to help other people, but there are also people who are getting policies passed to make their wallets bigger. Conservative and Democrats. Both of them. They're both greedy people. There's not a lot of good people in politics right now. So there you go. Um, now, Jay. Now that I've taken everyone's hope away, and and dealt with the reality, well, and the reason I hope I, I say this stuff is because I really do want people from different groups to talk, like rather than sitting around and defending. Your, your, your political back. why not just sit, why don't we just, can't we just sit at a table and see like, well, let's see who's got the worst candidates. Let's see who's got, you know, which one of yours is doing insider trading? Who's doing the most insider trading or, you know, who's selling the most missiles to people? Because you know what missiles are for? They're for killing people. And what does the Bible say about killing? And what does the Bible say about doing to our enemies? Hmm, You know, maybe we could say who's the most unbiblical group and not do it in a way where we're trying to shame the other part where we're trying to win the most unbiblical uh, uh, political group. The reason I say this is so we, as human beings, don't allow these to keep us divided, that we can actually come together as a community and see things differently, you know, and have these conversations and say, well, why do you you think everybody should have health care? Okay, why do you think... Abortion should be legal. Is there a way that we can talk about this? Is there a way that we can go beyond this? And, and you know, how can we do this? You know. But if they keep us separated and keep us arguing at each other, we will never bind together. But we're stronger together, and they know that. And that's why they keep us divided. And the weird thing is, they're keeping us divided for not much of a difference. Some of you will say, "Well, no, I see a big difference with this party and with that party." And I go, yeah, but that's because often they're manipulating us with just small things here and there. And I understand that we've gotten such little bit of crumbs that any crumbs we get, it's like we're starving. So yeah, I'm gonna be loyal to the person who gives me the crumbs. Um, but I don't wanna live in a, in a in a world, in this country where we're, we're dependent on crumbs. You know, and our loyalty is based on the little crumbs we get from the table. You know, I wanna live in, a, a in a world where we are making big changes for everybody, you know? And that as humans, we're working together, you know? So maybe it's, it's that, you know, if we work together as humans and we're stronger together, you know, well, we see somebody sick, well, we help them go to the doctor and pay their bill if we have enough money to do it because obviously the country doesn't care, you know? Or you offer to be there for them, feed each other, you know? Anyway, I know it sounds like some crazy wishful thinking, but... I just I, I just want to call out that I don't think a lot of us are really following Christianity anymore and 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 that's okay you don't have to um, I get given up on it but um, but pretending like your politics and your Christianity are like hand in hand you know as Christians we should just be manipulating politics to help the poor really you know to help the marginalized and um, We don't really care about the other at night do we so on Luke I think it's Luke it Luke? All right, let me see I thought it was two. is it mark huh now I'm trying to do talk off of top of my head Never trust a dyslexic's memory verses. This is why my camp team always lost. I never could remember where anything was. Um, Yeah, here it is. Mark two, 17. I had it Luke. I don't know why. Changed it. Here we go. Mark, Let's start with 15. Well, let's start with 13. Mark 2, 13. Uh, Jesus went out again beside the sea. The whole crowd gathered around him, and he taught them. As he was walking along, he saw Levi, son of Alphas, sitting at his tax collection booth. And he said to him, Follow me. So he looks at, uh, at Levi, who becomes Matthew, and says, um, Follow me. Follow me. And, um, and he got up and he followed him. And as he sat at dinner at Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners were also sitting with Jesus and his disciples, for there were many who followed him. Did you hear that? Many tax collectors and sinners were also sitting with Jesus and his disciples, for there were many who followed him. When the scribes of the Pharisees saw that he was eating with sinners and tax collectors, They said to his disciples, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? When Jesus heard this, he said to them, those who are well have no need of a physician. And those who are sick, I've come to call, I've come to call not the righteous, but sinners. Now, what I really like is how the New Living says that I've come to call, uh, sinners, not those who think they're good enough. And I like the idea of how they were able to capture that as how they think they're good enough. Um, and what this starts here is, one, you see Jesus reaching out to someone who's like literally in the midst of tax collection, literally in the midst of um, betraying his community. Um, you know, it, it, it's like it's like you have a ELCA pastor show up and one morning to preach and he's wearing a, a MAGA hat. And then Jesus walks up and goes, you're my guy! <laughs> what? Everybody's <laughs> mind's blown, you know? And so Jesus goes up to this tax collector. And most people wouldn't even look a tax collector in the eye because tax collectors were shifty people who would take more than taxes and keep that for themselves. And this is what's such a radical story about this. I mean, we just don't get it. Like, people are like, oh, you just can't be a sinner. Be... I, I I found this quote for, who was it from? Um, I think it was Kant, you know, who said, you know, I don't just need grace for the past. I need grace for the future, you know. And, you know, what if, I remember as a kid, at the as a God, I grew up, I'm like, well, what if I cussing and the rapture happens or you know what if i'm doing something bad and the rapture happens everybody's like you're gonna get left behind you know and here is matthew in the midst of tax collecting the midst of like probably figuring out like who can i get extra money from and steal and trying to stay alive that people in his own community don't stab him or kill him that zealots don't kill him for being a traitor to the jewish community uh because he's working with the government um you know, and today's, you know, for, for today, uh, liberals, uh, Jesus would be a police officer maybe for some of you liberal folks, and, and, and Jesus comes and goes, oh, come follow me, and you'd be like, why would just call a cop? You know, um, you know, uh, for your conservative folks, maybe he, 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 he would be in the midst of protesting and he was, you know, uh, Black Lives Matters or an anarchist or something, and Jesus goes, come follow me, and you'd be like, oh, why am I? You know, so Jesus calls this person in the midst of all these things that people don't like. And I'm guessing the government probably didn't even respect these guys, but needed to use these guys so they could have new text. With, but I'm guessing they didn't even respect him because they were obviously over trying to overthrow their whole world and turn them against each other um, and putting him in that position. So you got this guy in a complete shit position in life, you know. Or Here's one we can all agree with, Jesus walks... <laughs> Jesus walks into the DMV, to the person at the DMV, and says, come, be my disciple. And we're all going, what? <laughs> um, so there you go. And then Jesus says, matter of fact, let's go to your house and have dinner, which for Jewish tradition was, is that you're building a covenant with. It was a covenant to share a meal together. It was a big deal. And so Jesus goes, let's go to your house and have dinner. And so that happens. And it's not just him, but he's got other friends who are are not, got all their shit together and they're called notorious sinners, which I would like to be a part of that crew. And, um, you know, but not in like the wink, like, like Calvinist way, like, oh, I'm so bad. That's why I need grace. That's why I'm predestined for heaven. Not in that kind of winky way, but. And they kind of like, just like, you know, whatever. I'm just shit, and it's okay. Um, so so here Jesus is, hanging out with all these people, having a meal, they're all laying back, and then the Pharisees, the teachers of religious law, why is he eating with such scum? And Jesus talks to them. But today, Jesus isn't the focus on this. It's really the Pharisees. And, and, and so what's going on with the Pharisees here is they're always focused on what the other is doing. They're literally in ways, they are literally kind of like the social media of their time. You know, they're the religious leaders, they're keeping an eye on, they're policing everybody, and, and, and they're policing, and they're almost like, you know, progressives in some ways is that they're policing to see who are you hanging out with and who are you talking to, and are you talking to the right group of people, or are you talking to the wrong group of people? Um, so you know, we we, we 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 you know we've got this like who should we cancel like cancel you know, we got oh, we got to cancel this guy Jesus you know look who he's 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 hanging out with the wrong group of people he's not hanging out with folks in our tribe so we need to cancel him um, or you know or if you go back to the '80s I remember my dad flew on a plane with uh, the guy who ran Hustler Larry Flint and people wanted to cancel my dad because he was the conservatives we have got to cancel Jim Baker because he's on a he's on the hustler plane with that guy and they're having a conversation and I'm sure there's no good happening there. Um anyway, it, it it just sways and goes who decides to you know I just say get rid of cancel. Cancel, cancel culture. Um but that's the thing so they're coming in and they're being the the morality police, let's the morality police covers everybody I think. So they're the being the morality police and they're going like, oh well Jesus isn't supposed to eat with them. He's hanging out with them. Um, You know, this is horrible. These are horrible people. You remember when everybody got upset because, um, uh, oh gosh, what was her name? Um, Was at the ball game with uh, George W., Um, remember? Who was it? I think you guys got it all figured out, like, from your talks. I don't even need to be here anymore. Um, (laughs) Ellen, so remember when Ellen uh, sat down next to George W., you know? And everybody was like, oh my God, Ellen, we gotta cancel Ellen. She sat down next to George W. Bush, you know? Like that's totally a Pharisee move, like being shocked and angered and everything like that. You are totally Phariseeical at that point. Boom, there you go. You wanna be a Pharisee? Boom, oh, they are not supposed to, hanging out with the wrong crowd. Oh, they shouldn't be. I mean, I don't agree with most of those people who are praying for Donald Trump, but like I've said this before, like if I got called and said, "Would you come pay for Donald Trump?" I'm, I i do not pray really. But if you'd want me to, sure, you know, I'll pray for anybody if they ask me to. You know, I'm not a big prayer, but if you ask me to, I'll be glad to, you know. And then, oh my God, how dare you touch that person? You know, um, it's tough. You know, it's complicated. Um. And Jesus just wasn't doing that, but Jesus was actually building a covenant with these folks. So was Jesus winking at sin, you know, by sitting down with Pharisees and or by sitting down with tax collectors and, and and notorious sinners? Was he winking at sin, you know? I mean, good Lord, that's what they made me, t- told me I've been doing most of my life. And in high school, that was my biggest fear. You know, Christians didn't want you hanging out with sinners. You know, and now I realize if Jesus would have been a high school student, he would have been with, with the bad kids, and then, you know, I wouldn't have known what to do. I would have been torn. Why is Jesus eating with the bad kids? <laughs> Why is Jesus notorious sinners? Those guys are drunkards and party animals. Um, anyway, I digress. Matthew 23. Well, hello. Hey, Clint. How's Fort Mill treating you? So, Matthew. I wonder if that's my my friend Clint, who I got to hang out with recently. He's very very cool guy. If it is, if it's not, new Clint. I look forward to meeting you. <laughs> um, Matthew, uh, twenty three. It's good to have a little coffee because I get so worked up that I forget to to read this. Somebody just asked me what the overall message was, so I don't know if that was for me or for other people. Um, I don't know. Maybe you have to stick to the end. Also, warning: I don't always land the plane or tie a bow on things. Sometimes you have to come up with the answer yourself. So you got to put on your listening ears and your watching glasses. <laughs> um, because I see I see speaking as a type of art as well. Um, Matthew 23, uh, 4. I, I'm definitely not a TED talker, if you know what I mean. Um, Matthew 23, 4. I wish I could continue to see all your guys' stuff, but I just don't. <laughs> I don't, only see them out of context. I'm seeing things out of So I don't know if you're talking to each other or talking to me half the time. Um... Did I say Matthew 23? I think I did. Matthew 23. Yes, there it is. This is the hard one. Matthew 23, uh, talking about the Pharisees. 23, 4. <laughs> they tie up heavy burdens, hard to bear, and lay them on. ...on the shoulders of others, but they themselves, talking about religious tutors, are unwilling to lift a finger to move them. They do all their deeds to be seen by others, for they mark their their phylacteries broad and their fringes long. They love to have the place of honor at banquet and the best seats of the synagogue and know and to be greeted with respect in the marketplace, to have people call them rabbi, but you are not to be called rabbi. Now, this is talking about Pharisees. Now, what is this saying about the Pharisees? They, they tie people up with heavy burdens, hard to bear. Uh, they don't help you, and they do it all in public. I mean, how is this not like, uh, Pharisees are like total social media people. Like they are, they're influencers. I think the Pharisees are influencers because they're sitting around, and then they're political fl- influencers of whatever your favorite party is. See what I did there? I don't have to pick one now. And they're saying, you, you, you know, making us do possible. What, what, what is it that, uh, I think it's, um, Paul says at one point, he goes, you know, they cross the sea, you know, land and sea to convert you and turn you into twice the sons of hell that they are. Because it's easy to go and say, well, why do they hang out with those people? Or it's easy to go like, well, look at me. I have all my shit together. You need to do this. You need to do this. You need to do this. But you don't help. All you do is, uh, what is it, Monday quarterbacking? Is that what they call it? Or is it Tuesday quarterbacking? I don't know when football is. But it's the day after when you're talking about everything that should have happened. It's like when you figure out the argument, how it should have gone when you're in the shower. You're like, oh, you know. Um. They tie you up with heavy burdens, hard to bear, and they lay them on their shoulders of others, but they themselves are unwilling to lift a finger to move them. You know, Jesus called these guys brutes of vipers. They were like snakes. So when we sit back and we condemn people and we say how horrible they are and how horrible their thinking is and how horrible their politics are and all this, but we're not doing anything in our work to help those people be set free from that stuff, and to realize that they are victims of misinformation as Dr. King would, when we don't do that stuff, we're just being judgmental bastards. We're doing what the church has done for thousands of years. You know, and we're just being judged. That's why the church isn't known for their love for one another because the church, if the church was known for our love for one another, we would speak to each other. We would try to clear these things up. We would have really tough conversations. We wouldn't be sensitive. We wouldn't need... Freaking uh, trigger warnings because we'd have to be triggered all the time because of the conversations we were having in order to create a better world. Do you see what I'm saying? Like it's like, how do we come together and have these conversations? You know, how do we practice true equality? You know, I mean, I'm I am I will say it. I'm a liberal. I'm a lefty. I'm a snowflake. I I, I get it. And people say, why do you give your party such shit, you know, all the time? Why do you give these people such shit all the time? Because well, it's a group I'm involved in and a group that I like and I love. And so because I care about them, you know, I'm going to talk shit about them because I think they got to get better. Um, or if the other side gets better first, then maybe we'll we'll talk. <laughs> but the point is, I don't want to be in this, you know, in this. And this, this, this having to choose between two groups. I think we should have like fifteen different parties, like they do in like England and the UK and stuff. That would be cool. Um, rather than this two party, this dialectic. Uh, you know, we'd have more dialectics in this world um, rather than binaries. So it's all this binary thing, and one's good and one's bad. And I'm like, no, they're both bad. <laughs> they're both kind of bad. <laughs> and I know why you want to defend them. I was the same way. Like. I was mad. I remember fifteen years ago getting mad at people who were voting for the Green Party because I said it was gonna hurt the Democratic Party. And I was like, Don't dare you vote for it, don't do it. You know, I've been there and I've done it, you know. So I know why you feel. So if you get upset at me and go, Jay, you're gonna destroy the Democratic Party. You know, I'm like I get what you're saying, I understand it, but when you get older you just get tired and you think, I oh, God, we gotta leave something better for the kids. It's all about the kids. So you see these Pharisees putting impossible standards on you, crushing and nothing is, you know. What is is the Bible, what does it say at the end of Matthew? The greatest among you will be your servant. All who exalt themselves will be humbled and all who humble themselves will be exalted. But woe to you, scribes and you, Pharisees, you hypocrites. For you lock people out of the kingdom of heaven. For you do not go in yourself and others are going in. You stop them. Woe to you, scribes and you Pharisees, hypocrites, for you, here it is, you cross the sea and land to make a single convert and you make that new convert twice as much a child of hell as yourself. Woe to you, blind guides. And I think we need to be awake to this. We need to feel this right now. We need to think about this because I think you need to ask yourself, is this what I'm becoming? Is this what we've become? It's time for radical The church is not known for people who love one another. The church has failed, pure and simple. We failed, and I'm watching it disappear all the time. I had one of the biggest mega pastors that I knew growing up recently tell me, Jay, you might wanna get a location if you you know and meet in person. He's like, that's great, but do not give up your online presence, he's like, because locations are disappearing everywhere. He's like, I don't think the church is gonna even have buildings anymore because the church is dying. And we're going to be like voices crying in the wilderness. And this is a guy who I've seen spoken, speak to 30,000, 40,000, 50,000 people like that. I was so shocked that he was telling me this. I thought he was going to be like, go build a church, brother. <laughs> and I, he's like, oh, no, stay online. I'm like, oh, okay with my nine people. Fantastic. Thanks for the, maybe just afraid if I get a church, I'll become a mega pastor. Um, Woe well, to you, scribes and you Pharisees, you hypocrites, for you tithe, mint, dill, and coming, and have neglected the the weightier matter is the law, justice and mercy and faith. You ought to have practiced with <laughs> neglecting the others. You blind guides, you strain out a gnat, but swallow the camel. You know, I mean, all Matthew 23 is really, uh, Jesus really giving a hard time to the Pharisees. But I think it's a good time to ask ourselves, are we becoming Pharisees? Is this culture just set up with two different groups of Pharisees where we're just fighting people? All the time, you know, and we become so passionate about this stuff. But could you imagine if we were just as passionate about loving our enemies? You know, could you imagine if we were just as passionate about restoring people who are hurting? You know, um, could you imagine if we were just this passionate about giving food to hungry people? You know, if we were this passionate about being a community, and 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 in poor neighborhoods, like I'm in a poor neighborhood. You know what the cool thing about living in a poor neighborhood is? Is one, is that people often think that I'm here because I'm, I'm, I'm trying to uh, show off. I'm not, I'm here because this is the only place I can afford to live in, in, in Washington. Um, is that, you know, not too long ago, I had a dead battery, my car battery died at um, where my, my analyst was. My analyst, my psychiatrist is in a very nice neighborhood. <laughs> And, uh, I could not get, I swear to you, I could not, it was like this good, what was this, this was the good Samaritan. I could get no one. I mean, no one. I had to go pick my kids up at school and I literally could get no one to give me a charge, like to help me charge. I'm going to like, call my ex-wife and be like, I can't, my car is dead. I can't pick up the kids. Could you help me with this? In my neighborhood though, um, very diverse, um, I'm actually probably a minority in my neighborhood. Um, I could get a jump in like 10 seconds. And, and it is nothing for me to walk up to a stranger's door and knock on the door and go, hey, my car's dead, I've got, would you mind? I mean, uh, my neighbors who don't speak very good English were like, oh yeah, you know, no problem, you know? And, I, and so I've never struggled with, with the, you know having an issue with helping my car when my the flyer my, my tire was flat the other day, or oh, can I help them? Oh no, I got it, thank you, you know? Because we all live in life and live in life on life's terms, you know, and we forget those important moments of just being human to one another. Now, I bet if we started talking about politics, our politics would be a lot different. We would think differently. Um, but when you're in that situation, just it doesn't matter. You could probably, we could probably argue about, situate, about, uh, about politics and it not cancel out the other cancel it we wouldn't cancel each other out as neighbors or friends Um, there's a difference of when you're really going through suffering and things like that Um, I've learned a lot um, because as a kid I had I was wealthy my parents were wealthy and rich you know so I've I've lived in all these different places Um, and none of us are trying to show off we're just trying to help each other live and get to work on time (laughs) get the kids to school on time you know it's funny how that works right um, I'm going to look at Luke real quick and then we'll we'll shut this thing down and, and maybe I'll tell you the point if someone was asking me what, what's what's the overall message um, the overall message really is is we've got to change the church the church has failed and I'm talking to a small group of people saying let's think about ways we can reform the church you know let, let's 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 think about ways where we can help each other, you know. Um, Let's think about being willing to have tough conversations. Let's screw what the major culture thinks or what social media thinks or what the masses are telling us. You know, let's be real punk rockers and live life, a life that's different a life that's true to ourselves and a life that's true to our brothers and sisters. Let's actually love our enemies. You know, let's be known for the people as we look. And I can tell you, I've known a few pastors in this world who were that. You know, uh, Lawrence Richardson, uh, who's in Minnesota, he's the one who I think of who who does that really well. Um, uh, there's a pastor who just passed away in North Carolina, uh, who I thought really did that really well. Um, so there are people out there who I you know. And people out there who do this stuff it's not like we're completely screwed but these aren't people who are mega pastors you know these are just people living their lives doing the best they can um but we should be known for that you know but yeah i'm I'm thinking you know and obviously you can't cover everything in one talk but i do think that reformation is the way we've got to go and not in like a 500 years ago, you know, we were gonna kill each other and and things like that, but maybe we'll kill each other with really tough Conversations and 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 have to have hard conversations and change things and realize that our politics can't uh, Separate us anymore because there's just not enough of us to be able to have that freedom of political opinions um, to separate us that we just have to learn to live with one another and bear one another and and you know, maybe learn from one another and realize that sometimes even contradictions can come together and butt up against each other. And as Hegel would say, sometimes those two contradictions can come and something happens above those two contradictions and you get a greater the truth, something that's greater than truth or you go, you know, and then philosophy comes in and and things really change. Um, But yeah, for me, I'm like, you know, I'm 46. This is my last stand. I want to see the church change. I want to see revolution. I want to see this congregation This ministry, or whatever we want to call it, I've been calling it a gathering because I don't like the word church, but I would like it to see this group of revolution earn its name as really truly being revolutionary to human beings, to the individuals, to cause us to rise up in a way that isn't who's in and who's out. That's not angry and bitter. That's loving, caring, and compassionate, where grace is is part of every footstep towards the future, where we're not sitting and canceling each other from one side or the other. We're not sitting there with judgment. We're not sitting there with anger and arrogance. We've all been hurt, but I think we can, if there's enough of us, we can say, hey, this issue hurt you, so we're going to send somebody else there. So, you know, you're the, you deal with this guy's anger issues over here because this guy was hurt by these people, so you go love them, and he'll go love your enemies, and then eventually we can maybe all come together and, and work out these issues, you know, um, because if I go sometimes face to face with the person who's hurt me, a lot of bitterness comes out, a lot of hurt comes out, a lot of anger comes out, a lot of judgment comes out. And we see that and then we wonder like, why aren't people drawn to what I do, you know? It's like, because people are afraid you're an asshole, you know, people are afraid you're judgmental but they don't realize that you're just really hurt by this group of people, that this group of, has let you down, you know? Um, anyhow, that's just a thought, you know? Maybe Jay's wrong. It's, believe it or not, it has happened a time or two. Um, man, this caffeine really hit me. Um, okay, and this is how I'm going to end with, and I I think this is important because this is what I was talking about and what I would put up... Uh, yesterday or the day before on on instagram just i kind of wanted to see how people um, reacted so it's uh, luke 18 uh, 9 Uh, jesus told this parable to someone some who trusted in themselves that they were that they were righteous and regarded others with contempt so jesus walks up says, hey, you know, I notice you really seem to, like, really feel like you have your shit together. Have you seen some of these politicians, folks? You know? They always remind me of my administrators at my high school when I was a kid. Like, they always thought that they were just like, we have it all together, and how dare you ask that question? And then they say something that's so out there and so moronic and so weird, and you're just like, how are you a human being? You know, and they're like, what do you mean? You know? And so you got these people who really think they have their shit together. But you see also on the left, too, you know, you see these really woke people who are like... Go ahead, question me. Go ahead, question me. You know, ask me the wrong thing and I will fucking stomp your ass out. You know, like I'm afraid of conservatives. I'm afraid of liberals. I'm afraid, you know, I saw somebody the other day, people are saying like, why would you use the, wor- the, work, the word woke in a negative way? I don't think it should be used in a negative way, but I also have to say, if you've been on the wrong end of someone who considers themselves woke and who's very angry or they misunderstand you and they stomp you down, you will have a different feeling towards that. Okay, so sometimes woke people, guess what? They make mistakes. They can sometimes judge the wrong people. Sometimes they misread people and they can be really vicious and angry and nasty. Okay, so let's just face that fact that we're all human beings. We all fall short, okay? We all make mistakes. Um, and so when any of us, on any of that spectrum of, of politics or left, right wing shit, start to think that we have all the answers well, we've really screwed up because this is a very big, complicated world. Where you know, all philosoph- most brilliant philosophers and teachers will say you tell you is like the, really the key to to enlightenment is realizing, or the to knowledge is knowing that you don't really know much at all. You know that you're only seeing a corner or a small, you know, a small peephole of, of, of reality. You know, and, the, and I'm talking about some of the greatest minds, uh, like some of the greatest philosophers in the world. Um, So Jesus is walking up to someone who's like, you know, oh man, I've got all this shit together. All my, you know, I'm the man, I am the woman, I am the they, the them, I'm, you know, whatever. And he goes, uh, two men went up to, uh, two men went up to the temple to pray. One a Pharisee, this is Jesus telling the story to this person who's got their shit together, thinks they got their shit together. To the Pharisee. And the other, a tax collector. The Pharisee, standing by himself, was praying this. God, I thank you that I am not like other people, thieves, rogues, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. Now, give you back, if we jump back, when we're talking about Levi, who became Matthew, the disciple, he was a tax collector. So this gives you an idea of how... um, Pharisees felt about tax collectors. They saw them as thieves, uh, adulterers, even, even like this tax. I fast twice a week. I give a tenth of all my income. But the tax collector there standing far off would not even look up to heaven, but was beating on his breast and saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his home justified, rather than the other. For all who exalt themselves will be humbled, but all who humble themselves will be exalted. And do you see what's happening here is like, if you want to be a follower of Christianity, even as just an ideal of life, or if you subscribe to it as a faith, as I do, you're going to see something here is that it's about being humble. It's not about saying, I've got it figured out. It's not about going online and being the great judge, uh, the great cyber judge of the world. It's about being humble. It's about learning about others. It's about talking to others. It's not about making up lies or making people look like shit because they don't believe what you believe. Because you know what? A lot of them don't believe what you believe because they've had different experiences growing up because they were trained differently. They have different traumas than you have. They might even have traumas that relate to why they believe what they believe as well as you may have traumas because you know what? There's good and bad people in all these, all different situations. You know, and so that's like, how do we come together and have these conversations? You know, how do we come together and, and be humble? That's what it's asking. You know, some people don't don't think like, well, I don't want to be triggered, but people sometimes don't realize that that triggering is also being allowing yourself to be triggered is also can be a humbling moment and saying, I'm going to be humble enough to allow even when I hear painful things. You know, like I'm not going to demand my own way in this one. Like even though it hurts and that's what the bible says love doesn't demand its own way. So yeah, Christianity does call you to something different. People want to think like Christianity's you know, but it, we keep putting Christianity on the back burner a lot. All this stuff, even most of the pastors and teachers and stuff that I see today are all putting Christianity on the back burner. It's not the it's not really happening the main thing. You know, they they just use it as a as a, as like it, it's it, it's like a Facebook or like a, <laughs> or an Instagram or something. It just uses a really good platform to express what you think. You know, well, Sunday is my way of expressing what I think. And and Christianity is saying humble, be humble, be loving, be compassionate even to your enemies and care for those people. You know, it's not about the win, it's not about owning the other person. You know, it's about being human. It's about being haphazardly human. It's about having grace for others. You know, it's about even praying for those people who are who, who might even be persecuting you. You don't have to go out there and hug them and say, "Oh, thank you for beating me." But it's even saying like, "I'm gonna have to give them to God and hope that somebody else is led to them to help free them from this." But this is Christian. This is the taking up the cross. This is the dying to your flesh. It's not about politics. It's not about voting. It's not about rated R movies or secular music or all that shit I was taught growing up. You know, it's about love and love is tough. And if God is love and we're experiencing love and we're finite and we want to experience the infinite, it's through love. Um, But the problem is, is both groups, both sides, which we try to do this. I don't want to move in within either of these groups anymore, right or left, you know, like I'm putting the right and the left. You guys, guess what? You're both going on the back burner, you know, because that's not where my main focus is. My main focus is to get everybody together. And so you guys have to stay in the back burner because I can't, you know, my cause isn't for presidential candidates or for bl- red or blue, you know. Um, it's not for, like, political movements, you know. If I can find a way to help people through talking to politicians, I'll talk to any politician I think will help, you know, just like the civil rights leaders did. I would definitely use that as it, but I would also remind myself that that's not the end all. Um but I do believe that those are tools we have to use in order to help protect people who are, who are less than. Anyhow, so that's the talk. That's the talk is, is I think we've lost as Christianity, and this is one step, one idea, one thought of taking Christianity into another step and realizing that we can't be Pharisees, we can't be conservative Pharisees, we can't be liberal Pharisees, we can't be woke Pharisees, we can't be uh, Christian. What do they call them? Christian. uh, There's some weird word that they, you know, the Christian white Christian somethings. We can't be that either. You know, like those things are are things. I mean, we can have things of those in our lives, but those can't be the things that we identify that drive us. So it has to drive us is is being humble, you know, being caring. white christian supremacists or whatever you know it's like these aren't the things that that, that, that that move us forward that's not grace you know that's not love that's not never giving up never losing faith always being hopeful enduring through every circumstance and to be honest with you i think if you're going to give up on christianity don't give up on christianity because you're like oh it's a bunch of asshole doing this stuff and it's really judgmental you know i would say if you really i would feel more comfortable if somebody just came up to me and said you know why i've given up on christianity i go why And they're like, because it requires loving people too much. You know, it requires like caring about your enemies and that makes no sense. And I can't do that. You know, and then people who don't get, people get forgiven who don't deserve forgiveness. I can't do, I don't like that. And that's why I've given them on Christianity. I would be like, fair enough. You know, that's, there's your reasons. Those are all solid reasons because those are all solid things that are part of Christianity. Um, But you also know you have grace, so it's going to be a little bit harder. But yeah, go man, give it up. Those are reasons to give it up when people say they give it up, a lot of most of the times when people tell me why they hate Christianity, it's the reasons I hate Christianity as well or why I hate bad theology and why I I hate bad scholarship. I'm like, "Eh, yeah, well, you've got some really shitty scholarship and if I thought that was Christianity, I wouldn't follow it either. So there's your challenge. I hope you can make sense of that. I didn't give you really a bow today, um, but I hope I gave you a lot to think about and a lot to process and uh, encouraging you to, uh, uh, to reform. Ask questions and be patient and loving with other people, but take this stuff and move forward. Yeah. Hatred is easy. You're right. Someone just popped up. Hatred is easy. Loving is hard. You know, um, uh, I think it was uh, Jung who said, most people judge uh, because thinking is too difficult. So we usually like to judge people because really thinking is, is, is tiresome it wears us out. So, thanks, folks. Um, I'm going to be working this week and 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 on the documentary. Um, so maybe we'll have a surprise guest for you next week. Um, we'll see what happens. Thank you. Um, hopefully, I do. I might be too sick to go tomorrow because right now I'm just on a caffeine high. Um, hey, one other thing. Revolution can use your support if you go to revolutionchurch.com. You can donate there. That really helps. I mean, it really, really helps. We lost a very big donor uh, (laughs) a couple months ago, and it's really hurt us. Um, But that's okay, because that's how the cookie crumbles. But I would appreciate it. Um, Also, you say, well, Jay, I don't have money. I don't know how to do that. I can't help with money. How can I help otherwise? Uh, Ask people to uh, subscribe to uh, our YouTube channel right here. Ask them to subscribe and and put on the the notice. So when we turn on the camera, because I could turn on the camera at any time, you'd look, ding, ding, Jay's here, Uh, someone's here, (laughs) and and do that. Those are also ways you can help support Revolution is by following us here on YouTube, uh, subscribing to our channel, uh, turning on the notifications, and then asking others to subscribe to the channel and turn on their notifications. That helps us a lot. Um, You can retweet stuff. You can like tweets. I know it's really hard. I, I guess they've, they, they don't give out as many hearts as they used to. But you can like our tweets when we tweet about talks, when I tweet about talks on my personal stuff. You can like that. You don't, you can, not even can you like it. That recycling button, it won't recycle it. It will just share it with other people. So you can share it with other people um, and let other people know what we're doing. That helps a lot and uh, builds this community, builds this, this message, and gets it out there and uh, this message is bigger than all of us. So you know, hopefully we can continue to work together, but I, I'm starting to have these, these highfalutin ideas of grandeur, of revolution and reformation and something really cool happening, but we got to do this together. It's about us, it's not about individuals. Uh, we'll have individual moments and beautiful moments together, but we have gotta think about all of us collective, as a collective of how we can make this place better and make the world safer and not let millionaires and, um, government people make our lives and tell us what to do and tell us who to hate. Screw that. Um, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna figure out who to hate on our own. See you later.